Hello and welcome back to DIY EV Chat. Um, it's been a while. Um, last time I did one of these, I think I still had some hair left, albeit it did start behind my ears. Um, but yeah, my name's Tom Cheeseright. Uh, I made uh, my own EV in lockdown with my daughter. I'll probably post a photo of it now because I've just done some nice pictures. Uh, and joining me as my guest today is somebody else who's literally just got their DIY EV through its test. Uh, and that is Alistair Brown. Hello, Alistair. Hey, Tom. How are you? Good, thank you. We'll have to post a photo of your car here as well. And obviously we'll post a photo, uh, photo a link to your YouTube channel because you've documented okay. your build there as well, along yep. with lots of other weird and wonderful things on your channel. You've been going for a while, haven't you? Uh, yes, I probably started around about 2017 or 16 or thereabouts. Um, okay, so there's a fair bit on there. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, well, I just uh, started off with building e-bikes and uh, sort of moved on from there. Something you have in common with Jamie Jones, albeit I was watching back the first episode of this series where he started with an electric skateboard that just had an on-off switch rather than a motor controller. <laughs> I think I would kill myself Which on a just skateboard. just sounds like a recipe for personal injury yeah. claims to Yes, me. that's exactly what I would end up happening to me. So before you started doing all that, what's the day job? Have you, do you bring any sort of professional skills to making your own EV? Uh, some. I worked for the first 10 years or so of my life as a, a burglar alarm engineer. So I thought you were going to say a burglar. <laughs> well, <laughs> some would say. Uh, so a bit of cabling was involved in that. So that, uh, I guess, is useful. And yeah. then I decided that was far too much like hard work and uh, decided to be a computer engineer. So I uh, did that for the rest of my working life up until 2017 when I was uh, sort of, wasn't quite made redundant, but I took voluntary redundancy. So, uh, okay. But, um, and I've been working self-employed ever since, off and on. <laughs> so I, I currently call myself uh, semi-retired, partially retired, um, but at the moment mostly retired because I've only had a few days work in the last few months. So but I don't mind. So long as I've got enough, that's that's all I worry about. So I, I guess it gives that you would... time to play. That's the main thing. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I've got plenty of time to play. That's true. But uh, so being a computer engineer, I guess, gives me some insight into the insights of computers. But yeah, not, I mean, there's, there's some tech, some level of technical burgers, background yeah. there. Yeah, technical background. Yeah. But as far as uh, uh, batteries and EVs. Uh, my former work has given me no no help there whatsoever. <laughs> so you you came at this afresh apart from the e-bikes. How did you get the get interested in e-bikes? Somewhere along the line, uh, being a computer engineer, I had a load of ancient uh, knackered old laptops in the Lura space. And somewhere along the line, I came across a video on YouTube where some guy was taking the cells out of laptops and... I think he actually converted a car. It was some a guy in America who I think is from Spanish or, or Mexican background, and he converted a car. I thought, crikey, there's batteries in a in an old laptop. So uh, I I pulled all the the old laptop batteries that I could find, pulled all the cells out of them, and put them together to uh, and that's that's where it started. I just started working from there. I sort of thought, well, what could I use these for? <laughs> you know, and eventually, building an e-bike became the 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 goal. So, 
uh, started from there. Um, the first e-bike, I should actually give you photographs of that because the first e-bike was built using a car alternator and these knackered old laptop batteries and basically a big rubber band going around the back wheel. So, <laughs> uh, yes, that, that was... Um, this I have to see. But it worked. Well, yeah, if, all you have to do is go back to my older videos, you know, go to my YouTube channel, the older videos, you'll see them all. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was... That, that the the motor was bolted onto a rack on the back of the bike up up high, and then a belt going down to the wheel. Uh, so that was my first e-bike, and then sort of moved on from there. And let's face it, an electric car is really just a big e-bike. It's <laughs> just two strapped together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's slightly more current and slightly more volts, but you know that's really all it is. And you think about it, you've got a motor, a controller, and a throttle. The rest of it is all just yeah. and, bat- and a battery, and the rest of it is all just you know bits added on. Ancillaries. <laughs> yes. It's amazing how much juice is left in those old laptop batteries. I've used, I've stripped down quite a few old laptop cells or laptop modules for um, just yep. for running little projects. Like I built a radio control boat a while back. I decided it would be cool to design and three D print a radio control <laughs> yes. boat, and that's all yes. entirely run off old yep. laptop batteries. Yep, definitely. The uh, they're, they're amazing what they can do. So. Um... I mean, even if they, even if they have zero volts when you get them out of the, the the old battery pack, they can still be brought back up again. I'm not sure how safe they are, but you can do it. <laughs> Given the state of one of my EV battery packs, that's good to hear. I need to do a bit mm. of reconditioning. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what triggered you to want to go from doing the bikes to doing a car then? Well, a few years back, uh, my son and I had got together and decided we would do a, a conversion of a car. I think what we we actually bought an RX-8, uh, took the knackered rotary engine out of it, and we're about, or we're talking about putting in a, a, some sort of a VW engine into it, a 1.8 turbo engine into it. Uh, cool. He kind of, he kind of, well, yes, it would have been a cool project, except it would have required quite a bit of cutting of the uh the bulkhead of the car, which would have been a bit of an issue with getting it through, as I know, I know. But anyway, mm. it never happened. He ran out of interest. I wasn't really that keen on doing it if he wasn't involved. So we got rid of all of that. But had it put the it put the idea into my head that I really wanted to do a conversion of a car. What I really wanted to do was a V8 into a car, take a V engine engine out of something and put it into something that wasn't meant to be. But I couldn't justify the cost in fuel. So as I sort of over the months and I sort of thought about different things I would like to do, then the whole battery thing came about and then the e-bike and then the natural progression was an electric car, you know, a converted car. Yeah, it makes sense. No, it doesn't. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and how did you start that journey? Did you start watching other people's videos and things like that? Damien McGuire has a lot to answer for. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's the it's same all his every fault. Time. All his fault. <laughs> I watched his videos. He made it sort of, how hard can it be? Yeah. <laughs> I find uh, out. <laughs> and what made you choose the car that you, what made you choose the car that you went for in the end? 
the car I went for is probably not the one that most people would go for. I I converted a Land Rover Freelander, uh, Gen Generation One or early one. The re there was a couple of reasons for it. First of all, I had one. I had an old wrecked one that was uh, not really worth any money, and so it sort of made sense to choose that. To you, even I I used that one as a, um, a test mule so that I could actually. Mm. Uh, see how, see if everything would fit and see how it would fit it and it didn't matter if it damaged it it didn't matter if it cut it or whatever so I used that as a test mule but the biggest reason I chose that car was because of the um, the, the forum I was in at the time still am in called Landy Zone and Landy Zone has a section for freelanders and I've been active in that section for about six or seven years so um the support team, the support of the people in that uh, forum has been invaluable. I have to, I have to big thank you to the Landy Zone guys. They have been absolutely brilliant. Uh, in fact, one of them actually um, used his lathe to make my coupler. So you know, oh, he he lathed the coupler for me. So I sent him the bed tea, cut it out on his lathe. Sent it back to me, and I just welded it together. So that was that was great. That's uh, a guy called John Nodge. He he's been brilliant, uh, really real help. And so the the Landy Zone guys have been superb in terms of support and help with various different things. So that was one of the biggest reasons yeah. was because I knew we'd have uh, a help sort of forum there that of people who sort of like minded. Not yeah, so much I mean, with the EV side are, of things. You can't, yeah. No, but with the with the mechanical side of stuff, you, you can't yes, underestimate yes. the value of forums. Like for for me, the Z yeah. Roadster forum has just been absolutely brilliant, both in terms of moral support, but also yeah. technical answers to things. They're, they're superb. Yeah, yeah. I follow. I had a look at your forum as well. Do so you? I mean, so you've got your Freelander. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff to change to make it electric. So you, you had one for testing, and the one you've converted is not that one that was sort of wrecked, is it? No, uh, I went. I bought one that was sort of a, a project car that wasn't really running properly. So I bought that and then used it. I didn't buy the one I really wanted to buy. The one I really wanted to buy was one that was built before March 2001 <laughs> because <laughs> it, would, it would have been free tax, but I couldn't find one that was in a decent state. So I ended up uh, just buying what I could get. A 2004 Freelander. And then you started buying components to do the swap. What did you plump for? Well, the that was a hard one. It was really, really hard to decide which components I should get. Uh, I was hemming and hawing and going back and forward. And Jimmy McGuire again, totally guilty. He sent, he sent me a link to uh, a Nissan Leaf that was being sold in the southern Southern Ireland. Um, did, did not have a battery, but it had everything else. It was a complete car apart from the battery. It was a Japanese import. And I've never felt as guilty about stripping down the car because it was immaculate. Absolutely immaculate. <laughs> But it had no battery, and everything on the dash was in Japanese, so it wasn't, it wasn't really very useful. <laughs> so I stripped that down, took all the bits out of it, so I got a Gen 1 Nissan Leaf. 
inverter, motor, uh, and all the electronics. I stripped it down completely and took everything out of it that I could possibly get. Every connector, every cable, every uh, module came out of that car. And so that's your, so the, that's the, what is the E65 motor, is that right? Um, uh, and 61? Then the, no. 61 six, motor, that's right, 61, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the inverter. Um, mm -hmm. What did you do for batteries? I looked, it took me quite a while to get batteries. I basically started working with what I had and converting and getting the, um, the motor attached to the gearbox and all of that. And then I came across, there's a, an EV breaker in Neary, which is a town about 30 miles from here. And they happen to have a Volkswagen e-Golf battery pack, mm. which is, I think the car was, a, it was a 2020 car. I think it had about 200 miles on the clock and it looked like it had fallen off the transporter. So, <laughs> so it went for, uh, it went as a, a write-off and uh, I got the battery pack out of that. Uh, the only problem with that one was at the time I thought I needed to have the same number of cells as the Nissan Leaf because I intended to use the Nissan Leaf um sort of electronics and BMS. BMS and so on. So I then started looking for another source for another two uh, 4S modules because the the eGolf has only got 88 cells in series, whereas the Nissan Leaf mm. is 90, 96 in series. So um, I started looking for another source and I could not find at a sensible price the cells I was after. I have to admit, I ended up buying a second e-golf battery from the same supplier with slightly more miles in it, but not much. Uh, so I ended up with two e-golf battery packs. And that's what's in there now? Yes. Uh, well, the, the one plus four modules from the other is in there now. So uh, okay, I would have to say they're not the best. Um, battery module to buy for an ego for a conversion like this because they each each module has either two cells or four cells and then it's and then either it's because of the way the, the pack was built uh it was built to fit a, a golf which was a standard car and so some of the some of the cells some of the the battery modules have two some have four but each one of them has two sockets to or two uh, connectors to connect onto which means that you have a mm. lot of connecting wires and no real way of using uh, bus bars like you can with the nissan leaf so yeah you, you end up making a lot of connectors a lot of connections which is a wee bit sort of you know, <laughs> not sure it's 100 percent uh you know but hopefully it'll be all right <laughs> See that's interesting because I'd I, if I could I I like I'd rather avoid the bus bars, the bus bars on the Nissan Leaf packs absolutely terrify me. Just, mm, yeah, well, that feels they, like a a drop a drop screwdriver waiting to happen. <laughs> well, yes, yes, I would accept that, but at the same time, the number of connections that you end up having to make manually make yourself, you have mm. to make sure they're all good. So uh, one of the things I had to invest in was one of those hydraulic crimpers. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. A good investment, I would say, for anybody doing an EV conversion. Definitely. They're not that expensive either. 40, 50 quid. Yeah, and mine's had an awful lot of use. <laughs> yes, mine too. <laughs> Judging by the amount of oil leaking out of it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you doing for charging? 
Is that part of the Leaf as well? No. Uh, I tried to get the Nissan Leaf charger to work. I spent about two or three weeks on it and then just gave up and moved on to uh, an Outlander FEV charger. Charger stroke DC. Unreliable. Yes, works yeah. well, but Reliable, three, and half, three and a half kilowatts, that's the only problem, you know. Slightly slow. Yeah, <laughs> it's not quick. No, no. But it keeps uh, your battery temperatures down. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Although uh, quite often I just use um, a granny charger, two kilowatts. <laughs> right. Uh, but I still have and, to get fast charging. And where do you work? Board. I have a garage. Yeah, I'm very, very fortunate that... Um, I have a, a garage to work in, which is not exactly warm, but at least it's dry. Yeah, it looks like a decent space. Yes, I I actually built the house that we're living in, or we built the house we're living in now in 2005. And a couple of years oh, later, wow. I went ahead and built the, uh, the garage. And I did make one big fundamental mistake. If anybody's out there building a garage, do not measure your car and add a meter. That's not big enough. You need more than that. <laughs> you need at least two or maybe even three meters more than the length of your car for the length of your garage. Uh, yeah, that, that was a big mistake. <laughs> but See, it, if I build a garage, okay. I'm just going to imagine my imaginary fleet, then wrap three meters around that. <laughs> yes, I have lots of width. So one the good thing I did was I built it lots very, very wide. So it's not quite two cars wide, but it's a, like a car and a half wide. But it's nice. a car long and not much more. And uh, that was a mistake. So uh, when I'm working at the front of the car, the back of the car is touching the, the garage door. And when I'm working the back of the car, the front of the car is touching the front wall or the back wall. <laughs> what What have you done for ancillaries like brakes and power steering? Brakes, I went with the Audi brake pump. I think you think that's the one you went with as well. Uh, yeah, so the Heli UP38. Yes, and I actually used your uh, software to drive an Arduino to control it. Ah, there we go. Yes, I've forgotten <laughs> that. Oh, yes. Uh, power steering. You know the saga of my power steering, do you? Did you ever <laughs> watch, you? Did you ever watch my videos? I want other people to hear it. <laughs> 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 do, you know, do you know the way I told you about my first EV bicycle being powered by a, an alternator? Well, yeah. I have this soft spot for car alternators now because of that. And in my infinite wisdom, I thought, wouldn't it be really, really clever of me to go a different road to everybody else? <laughs> Nobody else has done this, and I used a car alternator to drive my steering pump, which worked mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what happened. The day before I brought the car for MOT, I was charging it, and while I was charging it, I accidentally left the power steering turned on because I, at that particular time I just had a, a physical switch that I put uh, on the e-bike battery that I was using to power the power ste this power steering pump <sighs> anyway I left the switch turned on somehow or other the little adapter that was supposed to take the 36 volts or 40 volts of the e-bike battery pack and to put down to 7 volts to put onto the rotor of the uh, alternator motor 
Somehow or other that kind of went wrong and went from delivering 7 volts to delivering 40 volts to my alternator rotor. <laughs> and I didn't realise that had happened. And I was working away at my car, was charging, everything was grand, everything was working. And then, what's that smell? That's a funny smell. I, I kind of recognise it, but can't quite figure out, can't quite place it. And a few minutes later, I could still smell something. What is that? And then I looked over at the front of the car and there was smoke coming out of the bonnet. Uh, well, you can imagine the panic that, that uh, ensued. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, everything got turned off. Everything was running around like headless chicken mode. And eventually I realized that the smoke was coming from the alternator, not batteries. So the car wasn't about to burst into flames and burn down the garage. And, well, funny old thing, but the um, alternator motor never really worked quite as well after that. <laughs> if I let it cool. It did work well enough for me to get to the MOT, get the MOT passed. And well, a few weeks after that, it sort of got worse and worse and worse. And I, I just ended up ripping it out. But it did work initially. And it might a worthwhile have worthwhile experiment. It might have continued to work if I had of uh, persisted, you know, if I, if I hadn't wrecked it. But yeah, I set fire to my. <laughs> it's that farted. So, my, what's in my, there now? A Volvo power steering pump, ah. which I managed to get from eBay for the princely sum of twenty-five pounds delivered. Awesome! And you yeah. using the canvas control on that? No, I don't need it. Eh, uh, just I just run like, it in there, dumb mode. I would like to get the canvas working because I would like to raise it and lower it according to speed. But currently, twelve volts to it. And um, there's a, a, like a, an ignition switch type thing goes to it. Yeah, that's all you need. It works perfectly. Really, really good. Th those t and, those TRW pumps are noisy but brilliant. Well, this I'm not even sure if this is a TRW pump or not. It's it's, it's the same sort of the style but a different shape. Uh, but right, okay. It's, it's, it is different from the uh, Opal the Zafira ones. Zafira ones, and I think it's quieter. Okay. It's certainly, and it, it's using about 10 amps DC, uh, 12 volts, uh, 10. In fact, whenever it, uh, the, I'm not sure if you're aware, but before I decided to go down with the alter, alternator motor for the power steering, I actually tried uh, a Zephyr pump and I hooked it up, turned it on and it started drawing 40 amps and would not spool down. So I just gave up on that. Ooh. So, yeah, uh, it's pretty I, chunky. It must have been. It must have been faulty. No, I think it was faulty. It just uh, it would. Right. There's, they're supposed to spool up to a certain amount, and then when the pressure builds up, then go down, and it just never spooled down. So yeah, I can just assume it was faulty. I have at least at least one spare Zafira pump, and probably I think I've got one Volvo pump as well in the storage unit. Oh, I should do right, some side okay. by side yes. comparisons at some point. It would be good for you to compare the the current draw from the two of them at twelve volts because. I mean, most people talk about 25 amps for the uh, the Opel one, and I'm seeing a lot less than that for the Volvo one. Albeit, it's running at three quarter. I think it's only running three quarter speed. I think when you when you don't control it by can, it only runs at something like three quarter speed. But that's actually fine. It works well. Perfect. No complaints. Um, and what's controlling all of it? What's the, what's the brain in your system? Uh, 
whenever I bought my the uh, Nissan Leaf, I immediately ordered um, what do you call, it's a a VCU by Damien again, but it was the one mm. for the Gen One Nissan Leaf. There's not too many people using it. I know Fiacra Cook have have one as well. Mm. He he's using the same one, so so that's what I'm using. Although because it was quite an early one and not that many people bought it, there's not that big support forum for it. And to be perfectly honest, my software skills are very poor, so I need all the help I can get. Um, <laughs> but I was I was really really lucky because I was struggling to try and get the Nissan Leaf uh, accelerator pedal to calibrate with it. And it's, what I did was I just set it back to default, plugged in the Landover Freelander pedal, and it just worked straight away. Uh, Amazing. Well, yes, but if you take into account that Landover was owned by BMW at the time, maybe not so much, because the yeah. uh, the rev counter works as well from uh, his VCU, from Damien's VCU. Brilliant. So, yeah, that sort yeah. of makes sense, I guess. They'd be using all the same can messages. So you, you threw much... the MOT now, mm-hmm. and that go was that first time that go through? Yeah, um, the the MOT was actually the simple bit. <laughs> we haven't got to the other bit yet. Um, I applied for MOT, brought it down. Actually, told phoned a few people to make sure that they were aware I was bringing an EV down, and that you'd be forewarned and be able to, you know. Whenever I arrived, the tester, I said to him, you knew I was coming? Yes. You knew I'm bringing an EV converted car? No. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> typical. Even though I told everybody he was the last person to be told. So yeah. he took the car, put it through, and it passed. No problems. No issues. Brilliant. But what's the complicated bit? Well, it's not so much complicated. Um I went to get registered then as an electric car to, just to let the DVLA know that the car had been converted because it seems a bit it seems a bit strange. The first thing you have to do is get it MOT'd and then you can tell them it's converted. I, I don't really understand that, but anyway, that's the, the, the way you have to do it. And the, the first time I took it down to get it uh, inspected, oh, they, they asked for an inspection. I sent off all the details and they said, yep, you need to get inspected. So, Took it down to get inspected. The guy said, yep, no problems, that's fine. The only thing is um, difficulty seeing some of the, you know, the way that it had it bolted to the chassis and so on because Land Rover Freelanders have an under tray which kind of hides everything. So they couldn't really see what they needed to see. So they've actually asked for it to be uh, inspected a second time. So it's going back on Thursday. Uh, today is Monday, so it's going back on Thursday to be inspected a second time. But I'm I'm fairly confident it should be it should be okay. I mean, I I think I have followed all of the uh, uh, requirements for the DVLA that it shouldn't shouldn't be an issue. There's no nothing has been drilled, uh, nothing has been cut, nothing has been welded to. So hopefully it should pass. Yeah, you should be fine then. Um, any issues getting insured? Uh, apart from the price of it, not really. Uh, well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny though. I, I was actually told of two different companies that would insure a, a converted car. First one I went to said nope under no circumstances, and not because it was converted to EV, but because it's a Land Rover. 
Because <laughs> they're getting stolen so much at the moment. Correct. Uh, they just point blank refused to insure a Land Rover. So wow. I went back to Adrian Flux, the, the, the go-to company of choice for uh, converted cars. Uh, three times the price of insuring my daily runner, but uh, that's just the price. Obviously, you've got no no claims bonus on it because, you know, it was the first time getting it insured. So because of that, no, no claims. So I guess that affects it as well. They really ought to be sponsoring this series. If you're watching Adrian Flux, we all spend a lot of money with you. So come and yes, give us some, the, throw some money back yeah, at the community. I, I've got a YouTube channel you could you could sponsor if you don't mind. That'd be great. <laughs> we'll split it. Half for Alistair, half for me. <laughs> nah, Tom doesn't need it. He's what were the biggest challenges and setbacks? <laughs> <laughs> what were the biggest challenges and setbacks along the way? Apart from burning out your alternator-powered uh, uh, pump. <laughs> That was a minor setback in the scheme of things, to be honest. <laughs> a, a major difference. The first, the biggest issue was trying to decide which hardware to go with. Because when you go mm. to the Open Inverter website and the forum, there's that many different types of uh, sort of, you know, do you go with the Tesla? No, it's expensive. Do you go with the Outlander stuff that you went with at first? No, because it's under powered, as you discovered. <laughs> um, so I guess Nissan Leaf was the obvious choice, but you know, and, until you've actually been in the sort of in the sort of looking at the whole situation and, and, and involved and, and whatever for a while, you don't really know these things. And you come in as a newbie, it's very, very yeah. difficult. Uh, so that yeah. would be the first thing, I... trying to decide what to go for, then try to decide what battery to go for. But in my case, it was just whatever was available. Um, after that, just, I guess, locating everything without, uh, you know, just knowing what you can do and what you can't do. That's another big one. Um, is this going to be okay? Is this going to be acceptable? Uh, and that's where the, the help I got from the Open Inverter Forum and from the Landy Zone Forum were essential. And even just the... Um, when these things take years to happen, which they did in my case, it took something like three years for me to get it from conception to actually on the road. You do run out of out of energy from time to time. You know, things happen in life and mm -hmm. knock you back and whatever. You get knockbacks. And just getting back up again and going, uh, I thought, I guess, is, is the tough thing. But for me, yeah, I enjoyed it that much. That, um, you know, it, it, was, it was just... the way I, The way I tend to work is... I figure out what a, a, a job that needs to be done, say, for the sake of argument, building a battery box for the to go into the boot. Well, that's a job by itself, and that takes a certain amount of time. Uh, you do that, and then you sit back for a while, and you think, well, what next? And then you go and do the next thing. I'm not very good at planning it all ahead and knowing exactly what I'm going to do and what all the steps are. I'm no good at that at all. So I just do it bit by bit. So What has been the most rewarding bit? Apart from just doing it. The first drive. The first drive was the first time I spun the wheels going up our lane. I don't know if you've seen that video I put up on uh, YouTube of uh, me spinning yeah. the wheels. Yeah, amazing. That was just wow. But actually, that wasn't the first time I drove it. The first time I drove it, I 
didn't have I didn't even have the high voltage battery at the time and I had a 48 volt battery and a 48 volt e-bike controller that I connected to the motor and using a e-bike throttle little hand you know just an ordinary throttle you would use for um for a bicycle I drove the car with that. That was the first time I ever drove it, and that was what I used to wow. move it in and out of the garage and so on. Uh, and that was that was pretty special, <laughs> crazy <Yeah>. but special. <laughs> pretty sketchy. I'm not sure how my new tires on my new wheels are going to last because in when it's slightly wet outside, it's very very tempting just to put it in first and spin the wheels. <laughs> 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 it doesn't matter how old Although, we get, we're still children under a dollar, aren't we? <laughs> I know. I haven't done this with the, with the seventeen inch wheels on yet. But with the sixteen inch wheels, it was very easy just to like you could spin the wheels in second at about twenty thirty miles an hour sometimes. <laughs> so with, even if it's only slightly damp. So yeah. Well, the funny thing is, at the moment I actually <laughs> anyway, have well, the, the I actually have the Nissan Leaf wheels on my car because the Nissan Leaf tires, wheels and tires, the, the tires were much better than any of the tires on the two Freelanders that I had. And the it's wheels the same just bolt fit. pattern. Same bolt pattern and same centre. Amazing. So they just fit. Yeah, it's fantastic. But I do intend to get proper Freelander wheels and tires on at some stage, but for now, uh, Nissan Leaf wheels and tires. This is the difficult, ugly question. Do you have a sense of what you've spent? Probably, well... Certainly ten grand, certainly ten right, grand. Okay. Not much more, and I do have more than three quarters of a of an e golf battery pack sitting behind me at the moment. So I have maybe a couple of grand's worth of stuff that I could sell if I really wanted to, but I want to keep them for some other project. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the next questions: is like, what are you doing next apart from putting new wheels on the Freelander? I would love to electrify my lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a ride-on? Uh, well, I have an a, a ancient ride-on. I mean, we're talking at least 30 years old ride-on lawnmower, uh, but which goes perfectly. The engine is, is fantastic in it, uh, but it's not the problem, child. The, the one I walk behind, which I usually use for cutting the grass, is the noisiest, horriblest, you're pulling and hauling to get the thing started. I hate that lawnmower. Uh, I don't mind it so much now. It used to be a Briggs and Stratton engine, which was horrific. It's now got a. It it died completely, and it's now got a a Honda engine, which is much nicer, but still so noisy. I'd love to change that engine for a, a, a something electric. I have no idea what it would be. I don't think it'll be a car alternator. I, don't think that I was would, just about to say, I, is it, I you must have a spare Freelander alternator around. <laughs> I, I don't think that would cut the mustard. Uh, you need about three three or four horsepower and no. Wow. <laughs> so, um, so that would be nice uh, any, to do. Any favourite tools from the project? I'm going to show you my favourite tools and you're going to be shocked when you see them. <laughs> All right. You see that? Now, well, we will do on the final video on the live one between you and me. It's a little okay. bit out. That is an, a, a set of adapters. It's a set of adapters that go along with that. 
Ah, yes. Quarter the inch Uga driver slash the rattle cannon. <laughs> it's just a, it's just yeah, but it's just a quarter inch, small quarter inch one. Uh, and this just okay. happens to be one I got from Argos, I think, or somewhere. But these are adapters to put it up to quarter inch uh, socket set, three quarters, three five eighths, and half inch. Three eighths. Yeah, half inch. Yeah. Yeah, three eighths and half inch. Uh, so those things are gold dust. Get yourself a quarter inch rattle gun, doesn't matter how cheap, and get yourself a set of those. You will never regret that. The other thing which my son actually bought me as a present, so I'm going to have two, is this. <laughs> gotcha. A good light. A good light. Uh, and a portable one that you can put any, set down anywhere. And I use that all the time now. Uh, yeah. Probably something to do with driving over the top of my hand lamp that I had, <laughs> so it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I have to say, having just had a slightly stronger prescription for my glasses, good light is uh, is, is absolutely <laughs> invaluable. You get to my time of day, your eyes start to grow a bit dim. <laughs> you need all the light you can get. <laughs> well, listen, thank you, Alistair. Thanks for coming on and being the uh, the, the first guest on the, the new season. We did 17 episodes before. Um, certainly, I've, I've got another five lined up already and probably another five after that as well. So I'm going to try and get one of these out a week for the foreseeable future. Are you telling me Certainly there's 10 more people as stupid as I am? Oh, crikey. It's amazing how many people there are as stupid as us. <laughs> if you'd seen the look on the MOT tester's face when I drove out of the MOT and he handed me my sheet and he said, you've passed. He said, his first words were, why? <laughs> why a fr- <laughs> Why a lander were freelander? <laughs> I think I think the uh, I think I actually captured this on video when I went for my last MOT. The uh, the, the tester just said, "What the hell have you done?" <laughs> there is no there is Brilliant. no sensible so answer one... to that. <laughs> no. There is no sensible answer. Um, if you enjoyed this, please do like and subscribe. Go and do the same on Alistair's channel. Go and subscribe to that as well. I'll put a link in the description uh, and a link in the show notes for anybody listening rather than watching because we do put this out as audio as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, you know, more praise to forums for helping us all out. More praise to Damien for setting us all on this terrible path. And, yeah, I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks again, Alistair. Bye-bye. Thanks, Tom. Bye now.